Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Midweek edition of Fantasy Sports Today. This is Sports Grid, Greg Lifting, Matic, two hours of fantasy sports talk, wagering sports talk every single day right here on sportsgrid.com. Thanks for making us part of your day as we got you until 2 o'clock on the East. Going through the waiver wire in fantasy football, an early preview of the Thursday night game and a whole lot more, Davis. I know that, you know, just like we feel like we have gotten done with week one of the NFL and and done with week one in college football. Uh, You basically have 24 hours to sort of take a deep breath because we're right back at it with games tomorrow. I mean, I don't even I don't even really have the the 24 hours to take my breath because when I am not on the show on Tuesday, I am on the back end of DailyRoto.com going through every NFL team and adjusting their projections and getting our forward facing projections for week two set. So Basically, since kickoff ended, or uh, not kickoff, since since Ravens Raiders ended on Monday night, ended thirty minutes late. By the way, not did not uh, did not do anything good for my sleep schedule. Uh, I've I've been in it. I've been ready for week two, and then thinking about guys who I like less, guys who I like more, and uh, you know changes on NFL rosters week over week. Yeah, and we'll get right to it. There is uh, tons of news to get to here in fantasy football. First and foremost, want to mention that Urban Meyer, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, was asked today about 30 minutes ago about his interest in the USC job, and Urban Meyer says he is not interested. He is there to stay in Jacksonville. Nick Saban also said he was not interested in Alabama when he was at the Dolphins. Just to let you know, here are our headlines as we begin the show. 49ers uh, have lost Raheem Mostert for the season. He only got one game in this year. Uh, Basically, the most busted draft pick in fantasy thus far is Raheem Mostert, unfortunately. Titans wave kicker Michael Badgley. Randy Bullock is back on the active roster. Titans have had kicking issues, it feels like, forever. Nuggets and Aaron Gordon agree to a four-year, $92 million contract, so he goes to try and help Denver get back to the top in the West. The Rockets are trying to trade John Wall. I saw that yesterday. We'll see where Wall ends up. Uh, I know the the Nets have been mentioned already. And how about this, Davis? Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, if the season ended today or in the postseason, that was not something a month ago that I, I thought was even on the radar. But the Padres have completely fallen apart, and the Cardinals and Reds appear to be the front runners. That certainly has changed things. Yeah, I mean, remember we were all making fun of them for what they traded for John. They put they traded for John Lester and J.A. Happ, and we were all like, "What are they doing?" What are we doing here at the deadline? Like the Cardinals, like, come on, let's let's take this seriously, guys. And, you know, I, I am loosely tracking 
the baseball season at this point. I am not all the way tuned out. And do you know why I am loosely tracking the baseball season at this point, Craig? It's it's because Otani is not locked in to winning the American League MVP. So right now, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays are all basically tied. The Red Sox have played one more game. So in the in the games behind column, they are all exactly tied for the first and second point in the wild card. And as improbable as it might seem, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is threatening to win the Triple Crown. He has 45 home runs. That leads all of baseball. He has 103 RBIs. He is six behind Salvador Perez, four behind Jose Abreu, and he is also leading uh, the... Um, well, actually, how do you count it? Because he, he's actually not leading the American League in batting average because technically Starling Marte is in the American League and is leading in batting average. So how do you count that? How do you count? Does that count for you the do. Triple Crown? No, you do. Yeah, no, Marte will not have enough at-bats to qualify in the American League for sure. Well, okay. Well, that's a little bit of a bummer. So that means that that means that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is about six RBIs away from being on a wild card team and from winning the Triple Crown. And my sense is that if Vlad both wins the Triple Crown and the Blue Jays find a way to sneak into the playoffs, I think they might try to take the AL MVP away from Otani. I really do. I think you're good, man. You got nothing to worry about there. You got the MVP. There's nothing to say. I don't. It doesn't matter what Vlad does the rest of the way. I, I still a very firm believer in Otani. If you can get me any plus money, let me know on on him winning the MVP for sure. Uh, real quick, uh, Mostert's injury. I know we have a lot of time to talk about this throughout the show. Uh, I kind of feel sad for him, man. Like I know he's very talented. It just it's not going to work out for him at this point. My guess is he, I, I think he signed an extension, if I'm not mistaken, with San Francisco too. But this running back situation is going to be a mess, I think, all season long. What do you think? I think that it is going to be a mess as well. I mean, it would be like this is actually what we see a lot of the times with these in-season injuries is we all think it's going to be one guy. Then the coaching staff thinks it's another guy. The guy that the coaching staff thinks it is doesn't play that well. And then someone else is playing third downs. And like very rarely, it really happens about two times a year where one guy gets hurt and then the, another guy comes in and he is just a like for like replacement. You know, by and large, what we see in these backfields is three guys end up playing and it just kind of ends up being a nightmare. Yep. And Elijah Mitchell, most likely the number one target on the waiver wire. We're going to get to our waiver wire segment coming up a little bit. I know I put in a bid. I think I find out real soon if I ended up getting him in one league. Did not go crazy. Uh, because, I, I mean, I am fortunate like Davis is to have Tyson Williams also, not even playing in my leagues last week. So uh, solid week for me going into week two. Uh, what about the Thursday night game? The NFL has just given us a disaster tomorrow night, but it's an NFL game. People are going to bet on it. There's going to be some ramif- uh, fantasy ramifications involved in it. We'll take our first look at it coming up next. My gosh. First week out of the gate, second Thursday night game is the Giants and Washington football team. Ugh, we'll do it next. (laughs) 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's really hard to complain this time of the year having the NFL back. You know, honestly, it's probably you know silly to complain uh, this early in the season, but just the nature of Davis, what we have in front of us tomorrow night, is is to me. I mean, I, I guess what you do is you get these sort of out of the way early in the season. The NFL tries to put every game, I'm sorry, every team in prime time at least once over the course of the season. So in general, we've seen those Houston-Tennessee games, Houston-Jacksonville Thursday night games. But Davis, my gosh, man. And I, and I guess it's because Fitzpatrick is out. That's that's a part of this too. But Giants and Washington football team tomorrow night, I mean, the ratings will be great. It's the NFL. But, I mean, can you sell me on this one? <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I can't sell you on this one. And by the way, it's not like if Ryan Fitzpatrick was healthy for this game, I would be that excited for it either. My my sense is, is that this is going to be a game that I'm going to feel comfortable going to bed at halftime during. I think I think that, you know, last Thursday night, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Dak was letting it fly. CD was everywhere. Tony Pollard looked great. You know, Antonio Brown was flying up and down the field. Like, I wasn't going to go to bed early during that game. That was like a great football game. Sunday night. Rams Bears I went to bed because I was like what I need what I need to watch Andy Dalton like I'm not I'm not uh, losing two hours of sleep to watch Andy Dalton I and I you know Daryl Henderson did his thing so I felt good about Daryl Henderson he played a hundred percent of the snaps in that first half so I was like all right I did my due diligence I know what I need to know Monday night I stayed up Raiders Ravens it was a great game like I I was not gonna I was not gonna turn that game off my sense is it's gonna be halftime Daniel Jones is going to have gotten sacked four times and thrown one interception. Antonio Gibson will do his thing, and I'll be like, okay, I, I know what I need to know about this game. I'm going to bed. 
All right, let, let's take a look at it against the spread. And uh, this is not a game that Howard Bender and I are picking in the Super Contest. In general, Thursday nights we do not because you have to get all your picks in on Thursday if you choose to do it that way. Um, this is an even game. Washington is minus three, at least from the point spread perspective. You're usually laying two and a half to three if you're the home team. So it's so really not a big advantage. Heineke came in, was eh. Money line on the Giants will get you back $152 if you're willing to take that shot. And Washington minus 180 on the money line. The total is super low for an NFL game. It's 40 and a half. And uh, the over is minus 112. So, you know, trending toward uh, a 41 in this spot. And, uh, and look, underdogs Davis in the first week of the season absolutely dominated. It was not close. This is usually how the NFL goes. Out of 17, 18 weeks, you're going to have 12 or 13 where the dogs are just going to dominate. And they already are, are off to a good start in week one. But this is the Giants. And that's what creates the issue here. I was I was listening to a podcast that explained this game this way, and I and I thought it was really accurate. Uh, the Giants are going to have a turnover in their own red zone that's going to lead to Washington points. Washington's going to have a turnover in their own red zone that's going to lead to some Giants points. And then the question is, who scores twice? Who scores twice? Is it Washington or the Giants beyond that? And are there more turnovers in the game? And and that's kind of that's kind of the way that I look at it too in terms of the total because you still need four touchdowns to go over if they only kick field goals off turnovers. But both teams are going to make mistakes, which means it's going to be an ugly game. Really hard to back the Giants. Really hard to back them. But it wouldn't shock me just because I just don't think Washington is going to have any offense at all in this game, Davis. None. Uh, I'm not, like, super worried about their offense. Um, you know, I think they should be able to get to, let, let's let's call it 21 points. And, and Heineke has played decent in the NFL before, right? Remember that playoff game where they kind of pushed the Buccaneers to the brink? But even if he doesn't, I just have no faith in this New York Giants offense. I mean, I know Sterling Shepard had a good game last week, but now they're going to be bringing Barkley in on five days rest when they're trying to slowly bring him up to schedule. I think, like, I probably am going to rank Barkley, like, RB20 or RB21 in my weekly rankings this week. Like, not a guy. Like, for example, if you had Elijah Mitchell, you got him on waivers, you had Saquon right. Barkley, and you also drafted another running back in the first. Let's say you started Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and you got Mitchell on waivers. I think I'd probably start Mitchell this week. I mean, I, I just think that because they have they have ten days now after this game, and it feels like okay, you kind of rest Barkley in this game against Washington. Give him the ten days rest, then he should be good to go by week three. I mean, I think that sounds probably more like what they would do as opposed to giving him a full workload five days after that Broncos game. So then you're talking about like Devonta Booker eating up a lot of these touches. I mean, it just feels like Washington three point home favorite, good defense. They have, you know, Antonio Gibson, this great running back. You know, we all think Antonio Gibson is really good. So I, I am pretty strong on Washington here. Yeah, I am definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I am definitely not probably a pass for me uh, on this game. All right, uh, any any touchdown, anytime touchdown scores, let's take a look at this. Uh, Antonio Gibson, minus 115 uh, to score. We got Barkley, plus 135. That was a good point on Barkley. He only got 10 carries last week. So, I mean, how many this week? 15, 12? McLaurin is plus 190. Logan Thomas, interesting here at 2-1. to one. Kyle Rudolph, uh, I, didn't, I didn't see Kyle Rudolph much of it all this past week. Uh, plus 270, and we don't know if Evan Engram 
is going to play here. I guess, Davis, I would go back. I would I would have to, before I bet this, I'd have to go back to those two Heineke starts and see who sort of he had that combination with. Was he good with Logan Thomas at the end of last year? I don't recall. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, um, he was like, okay, or whatever I, these, these odds, honestly, because I think this is going to be such a low scoring game. Don't these all feel like bad bets? Like doesn't, doesn't McLaurin, who I, I think had three receptions last week, Logan Thomas did his thing is three for 30 in the touchdown. Uh, definitely would not bet Kyle Rudolph. He was out there for 82% of the snaps last week for the Giants and did absolutely nothing. I mean, he just is, is the most, like, he's just out there doing cardio, right? He's running around. He's pass blocking. He never expects to get the ball. If I was going to bet, uh, in any time touchdown score, I would just want to go deeper down the board. You know, I would want to go Darius Slayton or Kadarius Tony or something like that. Like uh, one, one thing I could see happening in this game is, they play Barkley a little bit less, and they design some of those touches for Kadarius Tony, like he got in college. I mean, you know, you you watched him down there as a Florida Gator. They would kind of do some trick plays with him and give, give him jet sweeps and things like that. He only, I think, he played eight snaps last week. But look, I mean, he got through the game. They need some playmaking. Wouldn't surprise me to see a little bit more of Tony this week. I, probably the the best one is actually Sterling Shepard, who I think is about to show up on our board here. Yeah, uh, Shepard is plus 290, so this is where you're starting to get some value. Booker is a little bit over 3-1. to one. Galladay, uh, plus 320. Heineke, plus 340. J.D. McKissick is plus 350. And and I'll tell you, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Heineke threw a bomb to Deami Brown, and it was close uh, to him catching. And I think I was watching him, and I was wondering who that was, and it was him. I mean, Davis, at some point, this guy is going to score. I think he could be okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy on this guy, but I think that he may have some impact on them this year. No, I mean, Deami Brown came out week one as a rookie and played 83% of his team snaps. He Or 93%, actually. 51 snaps. That's more than Elijah Moore. That's more than Rondell Moore. That's more than Terrace Marshall. And, I mean, he was drafted – after those guys, he was drafted in the third round, 82nd overall by the Washington football team. But due to the injury to Curtis Samuel, they basically needed another wide receiver. And one of the things that I thought was most fascinating about how they chose to use their wide receivers was that he actually played more than Adam Humphreys. And you would have said, like, that's insane. Adam Humphreys is like a nine-year NFL vet. He'll play more. So I, I actually like Deami Brown, and I think he's an interesting waiver wire guy this week. Yeah, and of all the ones that I'm looking at here, that, that'd be my dark throw. I'd take that plus 390 on him. Um, I saw him targeted a bunch of times, forgot who he was, and then saw Brown on the back of the jersey and said, oh, that's right, that's the guy on Washington that they got too. So maybe an interesting dark throw, but nothing to love, I don't think, going into tomorrow night in terms of props. Uh, who do we love off the waiver wire in fantasy football this week? Of course, Elijah Mitchell is the hot name, but there are other names that you should be targeting in fantasy this week to help you out and help you win in week two. So stay on the grid with us right here on Fantasy Sports Today. We're also going to take our first look at some of the big college games this week, including Florida and Alabama, so stay tuned to that. Plenty more to come on SportsGrid.com. This is Fantasy Sports Today, Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, and we'll be right back.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back. Our recommendations in fantasy football can be found here on Fantasy Sports Today if you're watching the show live. But if you miss our show and you want to check out some of the things that we're talking about, of course, you can go on demand. You could also download the Twitter app and follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. All of our shows, clips, information, picks, and insight, you can find there at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. Now, the waiver wire is here, Davis, for most people. Some people use the first-come, first-serve approach. Most people are smart enough to know at this point people don't live on their computers. Well, maybe some people do, but uh, I no longer do. Maybe back in the day, I liked first-come, first-serve. So most people are looking at what's called free agent acquisition budget, which means you set a budget at the beginning of the season, and then you use a certain amount of that budget over the course of the year And I guess the question is, how much of that is going on Elijah Mitchell of the San Francisco 49ers, who starred last week over 100 yards? Trey Sermon did not play. Raheem Mostert got hurt. He is now out for the season. San Francisco is a dicey situation there at running back. Uh, They've used several guys through the years. But uh, what kind of percentage is you putting here on Mitchell going into this week? I mean, I I think that depending on the league, uh, I already have seen some waivers run. Uh, So I play in some leagues that do it on Tuesday night. The reason why I wanted to make sure to have this on the Wednesday show is the high stakes leagues, right? The FFPC, the NFFC, the the big leagues, half a million dollars for first place. All of those waiver, all of those waivers run on Wednesday night, and the reason why that was instituted historically is so that you could get a day of practice reports before doing your waivers. And then the first injury report would come out. 
So in some of these leagues, I've seen Elijah Mitchell go anywhere between $45 and just your, your bang average, 12-team PPR league, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex league. I play in a 14-team super flex league where obviously, you know, the running back waiver wire is uh, it's very, very empty there. And I saw Elijah Mitchell go for 85 out of $100 there. My thought is that if you want to get Elijah Mitchell and you don't want to ha- you know, pay just like an, a ridiculous price, but a good price is you need to pay about 60 to 65% of your free agency acquisition budget. And by the way, I think that is a justified spend. I, I do not think that that is uh, bad per se. Like I, I think that you are going to be rewarded with a guy who has a lot of ceiling in fantasy football. And, and by the way, if you're a Mostert owner, uh, how much higher? What percentage at that point? I mean, it's got to it's got to be what eighty percent. How much higher would you go? Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on the type of team you have. Again, if you already have two running backs that you feel good about starting, maybe you took Mostert as your third running back in the seventh round or something like that. Maybe you could go a little bit lighter because obviously you will survive the absence. But then again, it kind of just becomes well, a lot of the roadblocks in the way of Elijah Mitchell's production seem like they are gone. You know, he's a rookie too. This isn't a case of a team in game decided to give the veteran the touches. Elijah Mitchell is a rookie the same way that Trey Sermon is a rookie. And according to Kyle Shanahan, Elijah Mitchell just straight up beat Trey Sermon out for the job. Now, I don't know if I believe him. I think there's like some small chance that the 49ers use this game against the Lions where they were a huge favorite to kind of teach Brandon Ayuk and Trey Sermon a lesson about, you know, I don't know, taking the NFL seriously, practicing whatever. But it does seem like Elijah Mitchell is ahead of every other running back on their depth chart right now. Yeah. Um, The one thing before we get into this that I would recommend is if uh, Jeff Wilson is out there and you have an IR spot and you can get that guy for free, you may as well pick him up and stash him because you know he's coming back or you think he's coming back. And Mostert is not, so that just could be a free stash for the time being. All right, let's look at the top waiver wire options this week, Davis. We've got Mitchell, of course, on San Francisco. Mark Ingram looked uh, looked like he did five years ago, honestly, for uh, for Houston. Kenneth Gainwell was a pretty big part of, of Philadelphia's offense this past week against Atlanta. Jamichael Hasty is also another running back on San Francisco we'll talk about. Carlos Hyde looks like he's in the very least getting 40% of, of the work in uh, in Jacksonville. And then Ty Johnson... If this continues with the Jets and their running backs, my guess is uh, he could be a strong pickup too because, I mean, how long can the Jets not know what they have at the running back position? Yeah, I think the Jets' backfield is pretty fascinating, specifically as it pertains to Ty Johnson because Ty Johnson is kind of in that J.D. McKissick, James White bucket where his team has never really used him as a lead running back. But I can't imagine that we are going to see Tevin Coleman get that many more carries because he just he didn't look very good, didn't look explosive. Tevin Coleman, actually, if you remember, kind of came in the league as a pass-catching running back and then kind of has phased out of that role as he's gotten a little bit slower. But what if the Jets coaching staff goes the other way and says, all right, Ty Johnson, we're going to keep you on the passing downs. We're going to give you your three, four, five targets a game but we're also going to start giving you eight carries on the ground or 10 carries on the ground. And by the way, you know, Zach, uh, Zach Wilson didn't look like Patrick Mahomes, but he also didn't look like the moment was overwhelming him. Like he didn't come out and like, uh, you know, Tom Savage, his first game where it looked like he would never be a good NFL quarterback. And uh, and we also have concerns with their offensive line. Mackie Becton looks like he's probably going to miss 
the rest of the season for the Jets. That's definitely not great. The offensive line is is a bit of a problem. But Johnson is interesting. Gainwell is probably the most interesting name on this list. That is, I mean, he's probably owned in a fair number of leagues, but in leagues that drafted more recently, remember there was all that talk about Boston Scott getting those touches in preseason and in training camp and stuff like that. So Gainwell kind of fell down draft boards a little bit. And I am not certain that he should have. Um, And in fact, I would rather have Gainwell than Ingram, Hasty, Carlos Hyde, and Ty Johnson. And I think there is a non-zero chance that he actually is the better pickup than Elijah Mitchell because it looks like that Boston, or it looks like that Philadelphia backfield rather, is just a total two-man split where Gainwell is going to get like eight to ten touches a game, but he also has this huge contingent value if something were to happen to Miles Sanders. Yeah, and, and look, uh, Philadelphia's used a couple of guys in the past. They've used Boston Scott a little bit. I think there was another – who was the other running back that was there? Uh, Clement, right? Wasn't he the, a guy that was used a few times too in Philadelphia? So, um, look, Sirianni was was pretty uh, aggressive, I thought, last week in some of those games, no doubt. Um, what, what do you make of – by the way, I, I know we didn't talk a ton about Houston's running backs going into the season. They did play all three – of those backs in week one against Jacksonville. I know their matchup this week does not scream uh, 40 touches this week as they're getting 12 and a half against Cleveland. But do you think that all three stick? Like, do you think that that David Johnson, Ingram and Lindsay are, are all even on this team in two months? I, I sort of feel like one of them gets traded. To me, it actually feels like Philip Lindsay is the most likely one to get traded because, like, at least he's young. I kind of thought maybe for a minute, wouldn't, doesn't it make sense for, like, Mark Ingram to get traded back to the Ravens? Like, I kind of thought that that would happen. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, though I guess you, you can never say never. What was weird was, yes, all three running backs scored. David Johnson scored on a reception. Philip Lindsay scored. I think he scored a four-yard rushing touchdown, and Ingram scored as well. But Ingram really dominated the workload. I mean, he got 26 rushes and uh, a target in this game. Now, he only played 46% of the snaps. And, of course, Houston is not going to win all of these games, right? They get they get that good outcome against Jacksonville. But now they're going up against a Cleveland team that just went toe-to-toe with Kansas City. Carolina looked pretty competent in their first game against the Jets. Then they're going to go play at Buffalo. You have to imagine that. The amount of 26 carry games from our, I mean, that's going to be the most carries he has all season. So I've actually seen some pretty aggressive bids on Mark Ingram. I am not on board with those aggressive bids. I just, I, to me, I would rather have Carlos Hyde because um, I think that if something were to happen to James Robinson, Carlos Hyde would obviously get a, a lot of touches. Like he would get, you know, I think he'd get like 18 touches a game probably. Now, now, the one thing that we haven't touched on since Monday is Tyson Williams, who, in the first half, looked like maybe he's the steal of the draft and the steal of pickups. But then for whatever reason, Davis, he did not play a ton in the second half and then just very little uh, as the game went on in crunch time. What did, what did you make of that? Because he was you know, the key waiver wire pickup the week before. Well, I will tell you exactly what happened. The first thing is that Tyson received a helmet to the groin area on, uh, on one of his carries. So he went and checked out to the sideline uh, for that reason. And then he blew not one, not two, but three pass blocks, including the biggest pass block spot of the game where he was basically turned around in the pocket looking the wrong way 
Uh, Raiders defensive end comes in, sacks Lamar, and is able to cause Lamar to fumble the ball. What is like the, the one thing that young running backs do not survive? Like, honestly, I would have rather Tyson Williams himself fumbled that ball than miss the pass block and get Lamar blown up because coaches can forgive a fumble every once in a while, right? Damian Harris fumbled twice in that game for the Patriots, and Damian Harris is going to come back and get the touches this next week. Coaches are not going to forgive a good pass block, especially because there are other good pass blocking guys on that roster, specifically Latavius Murray. So I think they'd rather live with 14 carries for 48 yards from Latavius Murray as long as he is a better pass blocker. So I am worried a little bit about Tyson Williams, but I still think I will rank him as a starting running back next week. Interesting. Yeah, I uh, got to make a decision for me on him this week too. Had him on the bench, but I thought looked pretty good until those those uh, notes that you mentioned. That's very important. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to take a look at some wide receivers and tight end. Again, we're playing the waiver wire this week. So those of you who are just joining us here on the show, helping you win your fantasy football league requires a lot. And the waiver wire is a big part of what you should be doing. So we'll hit on those names next. Of course, a little bit later in the show, we'll dive back into the underdog app, give you an opportunity to get down a free bet this week and a whole lot more. So stay with us on the grid here on Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Nish, Davis Maddock until 2 o'clock Eastern, and we'll be back in just two minutes. Stay on the grid. Don't go away. We're back with more of the show. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Great, 
Well, you drafted Jerry Judy in your fantasy football league, and you watched the first half of the game against the Giants, and you thought, my gosh, I made a really good pick. He's looking good. And then he goes down with a high ankle sprain, and you're like, all right, let me go over to my computer. Let me turn on Sports Grid. Let me find out who I need to pick up for Jerry Judy this week. And that's the dynamic of what fantasy football brings. Davis, we did not lose anyone um, in the top 25 or top 30 picks, but Judy is certainly uh, somebody that people had in their wide receiver two-ish, three-ish range in, in week one. And now we're going to have to dive in and see if we can replace him for somebody this week. And maybe there are some other options, although I, I would say that if, that looking at the list, at least, uh, that you've compiled here, it does look a little thin to me. It doesn't look like there's any really great names for me. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, this is what happens at wide receiver when you when you uh, when wide receiver ADP gets pushed up more than it ever has. The amount of guys eligible on the waiver wire is going to get thinner. But then also, and this is like basically what I spent the last four months saying on this show. In our last segment, we were just talking about the running back waiver wire, and we were saying, okay, Elijah Mitchell, he's going to benefit from the injury. He's going to get all these points. We feel very good about him moving forward. At wide receiver, it's just much more ambiguous one running back is going to be out there at a time for NFL teams. Now, they might split. You could play three guys in a game. Most NFL teams use two. But wide receivers, there's three of those guys out there at a time, and most teams play five wide receivers. The amount of uh, average targets that a great like a great wide receiver, like, you know, uh, Antonio Brown, right, or, or let's say even higher, let's say Justin Jefferson, he's going to get, like, 10 targets a game, 10 t- chances to score points. And he's got to do very well in those 10 chances. Well, you know, Sterling Shepard and Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, they're probably going to get more like six chances a game, and they just might not right. be as good. So in general, we're always going to want to spend a little bit more money on running backs on the waiver wire than we do at wide receiver. And, and they're going to be available as to what we've seen. Last year, we saw James Robinson, Tyson Williams. Now it's Elijah Mitchell. You know, a couple of years ago, I will say, uh, Terry McLaurin was was a star that was on the waiver wire for most teams in week one. But in general, you don't get that guy that just rolls off the in, entire season as a wide receiver one. Uh, maybe this is the week. Maybe someone here will be. So let's go through them here. We've got Shepard on the Giants. Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler are going to be in the mix in Denver. Jalen Rager scored in his first game. That was a really good sign for Philadelphia. Cedric Wilson. Brian Edwards on the Raiders, and then KJ Osborne. Again, the number, the, the names are not going to feel sexy today here on the show, but I guess that there's always a case to be made for uh, finding a diamond in the rough. So among these players, and and I'm guessing these are deeper league players too, but among these, who do you think is, is worth taking a flyer on? Uh, I mean, I think that all of these guys are have a chance to like need to be owned in 12-team PPR. Like specifically Sterling Shepard. I think Sterling Shepard is likely not on the waiver wire in many people's leagues, but he might be out there. You know, if you are in a 12-team league with 16 roster spots, Sterling Shepard, uh, especially if it's a league where people, you know, roster multiple quarterbacks, multiple defenses, three tight ends, things like that, Sterling Shepard might not be owned. To me, he looks like the number one wide receiver in New York. How valuable is the number one wide receiver in New York? Probably not that valuable, but it does look like him playing his more natural position in the slot due to the presence of uh, Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay is going to be a boon for him. Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, those are going to be the guys who benefit from the absence of Jerry Judy, right? So the three wide receivers for the Denver Broncos are going to be Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. Corlin Sutton 
did look like he was still working his way back from that ACL injury last week. He was only targeted three times. Hamler got more targets and Patrick got more targets. Patrick played more snaps, but Hamler was playing in the slot. Who would who was playing in the slot before Jerry Judy? So Hamler is going to be the natural, like like for like replacement. And by the way, I think KJ Hamler is actually very good. If I was going to pinpoint one of these guys on this list, right? Rager, Wilson, Edwards, Osborne. We're going to talk about all these guys in a second. I think Hamler has a chance to like actually break out. Like I think Hamler could finish as a top twenty-four wide receiver this season. He was very productive at Penn State, uh, and Penn State was not a good team while he was there, or at least not a good passing team. So his final season at Penn State, the team as a whole passed for 2,500 yards total, and Hamler had 904 of those yards with eight receiving touchdowns. I mean, he was head and shoulders above everyone else he played with. He's very young. He's only 22 years old. As a second-year player in the NFL, he's extremely fast. So Hamler would be the wide receiver that I would be prioritizing this week on the waiver wire uh, one more thing on, on wide receiver is it possible i know very very early to to call out elijah moore and denzel mims is it possible the jets have bungled both of these picks back-to-back years and braxton barrios is, is going to end up being the second best wide receiver i, I know the crowder and has been out and stuff but i mean did, did the jets get that right with, with i mean two years taking wide receivers pretty early right yeah, I mean, I don't think they were. I, I don't. I'm not worried about Elijah Moore. Um, he actually got 110 air yards in that game. He had a 35 yard catch that was called back by an illegal formation penalty. So you know, not really something that he would have had any control over. I'm I'm not worried about Elijah Moore at all. I think he looks pretty strong. Um, but I mean, Braxton Barrios. You play in a 14 team league, a 16 team league. Braxton Barrios is out there. I do think Barrio should probably be owned because he does fit in that really nice role. Brian Edwards did absolutely nothing for 58 minutes. Then on Monday night had four catches for 81 yards on the Raiders last drive and almost scored the game winning touchdown, like a walk off there at the end. Cedric Wilson, he is the fill in for Michael Gallup. I don't particularly expect him to like break out or anything like that. But a starting wide receiver for the Cowboys, you can do worse than that. And then K.J. Osborne, I was really surprised by him. He played 75% of the snaps for the Vikings, who traditionally have played lots of two tight end stuff. Now, maybe when Chris Herndon gets up to speed on the Vikings offense, Osborne's playing time dips a little bit. But, I mean, you know, Kirk Cousins is a pretty efficient NFL passer, so I I don't hate K.J. Osborne in deeper leagues. All right, let's uh, let's go over to tight end, and uh, and this is where there, there's going to be someone in every league that has the 11th or 10th best uh, tight end, and they want to pick somebody up. Uh, Dalton Schultz had a strong first game for the Cowboys. Jawan Johnson scored twice for the Saints. David Njoku, of course, we've been waiting on him for years, and then we're reaching here uh, quite a bit. Tyler Croft, Tyler Conklin, but look, this is the nature of, of taking a tight end very late, Davis, in fantasy. You may end up with someone who didn't do anything in the first week and you're constantly looking to stream. I I didn't see any key injuries yet to tight end, uh, but naturally these are the kind of names that you would find on the waiver wire this week. Yeah, it's uh, we're look every week. We're going to talk about these waiver wire tight ends and every week it's going to be a pretty depressing conversation because it's going to be a bunch of guys who uh, don't really do anything. Now I'm a little excited about Dalton Schultz because of the types of plays they were running for him. He played more snaps than Blake Jarwin, and he ran more passing routes than Blake Jarwin. 
And they actually designed a couple plays specifically for him. They ran like those tight end screens that the Chiefs run for Travis Kelsey, you know, where the whole offensive line pulls out and the tight end just catches it right away and, you know, kind of rumbles and bumbles for eight yards. Like Dalton Schultz had two of those in the first half for the Cowboys. So I was a little bit interested in that. And I mean, just playing on the Cowboys, I mean, guy might score eight touchdowns just by being on the field for them and, and getting lucky. Now, Juwan Johnson is basically the, the he is a, a Rorschach test because he only played 12 snaps. He only ran 10 passing routes, but he caught two touchdowns on his two targets. And I think you could say, all right, well, Michael Thomas is out. They don't want to give Alvin Kamara, you know, 300 touches a game. Adam Troutman played a bunch of snaps, but did not look particularly dynamic or athletic. Not like a guy that's going to get pumped with targets either. Why can't Juwan Johnson just be their red zone guy? Why can't Juwan Johnson play 25% of the snaps, but get only good targets? It's kind of like um, James White for the Patriots. You know, he's going to play 30% of the snaps, but every touch he gets is going to be a really valuable one for fantasy. I think we might see that for Juwan Johnson. I just cannot quit David Njoku. Like, this guy is going to be, like, 29 years old. He's going to be on a different team. He's going to be the third tight end for the Chargers or something, and I'm still going to be talking about David Njoku. He had 105 air yards. He caught three of his four targets, and mostly I just thought he looked great. I thought he looked like a wide receiver out there. He just was He was open, it felt like, every single play. I, I don't know. I mean, I just I, – I have – kind of excited about David and Joku actually, especially if this knee thing is going to linger for Odell Beckham. Yeah. And, and look, and Joku was great at Miami. He was one of their better offensive players. I think he wanted a trade or something like that last year or the year before. So um, look, is, is it, is it possible? Sure. I mean, you're right with Beckham being out targets need to be had. This would appear to be a pretty good matchup for Cleveland this week going up against Houston. So maybe he's a possibility. Let's close it out with uh, Croft and Conklin. What, what do these guys bring to the table? So this is sort of the opposite of the Juwan Johnson, David Njoku thing, where these guys, you're, you're definitely not looking at Tyler Croft or Tyler Conklin and being like, oh, now these guys, they're so fast, they're so strong, they're so agile, because those things are not true, right? Tyler Croft is on his third NFL team. He was on the Bengals. He was on the Bills. Now he is on the Jets. But he led the Jets' tight end grouping in snaps, led the Jets' tight end grouping in routes run. He had the really good preseason with Zach Wilson. Remember, he had the two-touchdown game in the preseason for the New York Jets. And as long as, you know, if if Mims is not going to play, if it's going to take Elijah Moore a little bit of time to learn how to get open consistently at the NFL level, if Jamison Crowder is going to remain on the COVID-19 list, which, by the way, as of this morning, Wednesday, September 15th, Jamison Crowder is still technically on the COVID-19 list. Croft might see himself in a spot where he might get four to six targets a game, and they're not very inspiring. They're not very exciting, but four to six targets a game at the tight end position is its kind of the name of the game. Sometimes that's enough. And then very similar circumstances for Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin played 86% of the snaps in the first game of the season for the Minnesota Vikings. Four targets, four receptions, 41 yards. I think if, if if any given week, if you didn't have Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson, maybe we'll put Mark Andrews in there. If I said sight unseen, you get eight PPR points at tight end, and that and you I will lock it in for you, and then whatever ends up happening in the game, it just doesn't matter. But I will just give you eight tight end eight eight tight end points. Don't you think you probably take it? 
beyond those names that you mentioned, I think so, yes. And, and somebody will emerge and jump up a little bit, and I'd feel bad about that. Maybe the guy on Washington I would take. I don't know. He seems to be a big part of their game plan. But, yes, I, I agree with you there. By the way, Waller has moved ahead of Kittle in your mind, right? No question? No question. Yeah. Um, not in, like, physical scale or anything, though, honestly, it might be close. But, I mean, San Francisco <laughs> is just going to run the ball. San Francisco is just going to run the ball, and Waller is going to get, I don't know, get 200 targets i think which is insane but he might do it i mean i i I didn't even know that he had 19 targets on monday night but uh but he certainly did uh all right um one other quick note to give to you speaking of tight end evan engram of the giants who missed last week uh, has been declared out for tomorrow night's game uh, against washington so kyle rudolph who is uh, back with uh, this year with the giants is going to start for them tomorrow night Ingram was probably supposed to miss the first game of the season anyway, so now he's going to end up missing two. He missed a lot of time uh, throughout the course of his career. All right, coming up next, we wrap up our first hour of the show, and then we got Chris with the update at the top of the hour. We'll give you the latest. We've got baseball games about to start here, so we'll have updates on that. Our first look at college football this week as well, right here on Sports Grid. So stay with us throughout the week. Davis and I got you from noon to 2 Eastern every single day. George Kurtz will be in for me tomorrow. Uh, Yom Kippur, Jewish holidays tomorrow. We'll be right back. Don't forget. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, You can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Sports Grid Network. Great, great. So I'll be uh, 
St. Louis Cardinals are pushing for the postseason. Go figure that one. Uh, really good story, Davis. I saw this yesterday. A uh, guy that I covered here for many years, Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers, has not had his best season. Um, their offense has not been that great. It's really incredible how good their pitching has been and has carried them. But Yelich announced yesterday, Davis, that he's going to give away 10,000 tickets to fans for the upcoming series against the Cardinals. And and you know what, Davis? I love those sort of stories, man, because you, there's just no other reason to do it except for you just appreciate the people who pay for you to play, you know? And so... I don't know. I just felt like mentioning that today on the show because I think that, you know, that that, that should happen with every team. And, and Yellow just making a fortune, right? $30 million a year, whatever it is. Why not do something like that? It would seem pretty easy. Would seem pretty easy. He should do it as an NFT giveaway, by the way. Like you get, you get like a little, you get like a little tokenized Christian Yelich. There's like a Discord, you know, for everyone who uh, got the got the free ticket gets to come see them play. Like, why not? Like uh, I, that 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 sort of stuff. Like uh, I'm all on board. But I agree with you. It is a it is a pretty cool story. Um, I've always I've always liked Christian Yelich. So happy to see him do stuff like this. I mean, this is yeah. You're right. Like whenever an athlete connects with the fans or with the city in a real way. I feel like that does a lot for the sport and for the team and for the city and everything. And and look, the Brewers are right there, you know, like it's been, this is the first year back with fans in the stands at all the baseball stadiums. We're going to have full uh, postseason stadiums this year. We've got some great races in baseball coming down to the end. And so while we're covering a lot of football here, make no mistake about it. We'll keep you informed as to what is happening in baseball down the stretch as well. By the way, I want to mention Jim Sanis from Number Fire. Normally you catch him on the show uh, Friday. He's going to be with us tomorrow uh, here on Fantasy Sports Today. So he'll give you a preview of uh, the DFS slate for tomorrow night. Uh, we got to take a quick break here. Chris is standing by. He just got off the uh, bench press. He's ready to give you two minutes of the best headlines here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Then Davis and I will be back and continue with our own headlines. And we'll be back in just two minutes. So stay on the grid. we got another hour to go before you hit your lunch hour. Don't go away. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> 